0: Tales from the Rock Rebels. This will be episode one our First Book Club. My name is Liz Perales, and with me is the love of my life, my better half.
1: Sal Perales, I'm the better half.
0: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> Today?
0: Today, just because I had a little wine. But, yeah. I have
1: wine. What kind of wine are we drinking? What are we drinking?
0: Uh Red. We are drinking (laughs) red wine. (laughs) So like
1: hot furs, like we got red or white.
0: We're drinking some Merlot.
1: What is it called? Uh, Hold on, let me try to read it. I can't
0: pronounce that.
1: Okay, we are drinking... Balatonbolgallari Merlot. Semi-sweet. From Jaramvari, St. Donatus Estate. Now, I don't know anything about wine. But we recently had a nice little wine adventure.
0: Yes, we did.
1: We went to... Close to wine country? We went to... what did we go? Santa Clarita?
0: Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. We went to Santa Barbara. So, um, we... I mean, just the trip there was beautiful.
1: And we you normally don't like carpools.
0: No, I don't. No. But this one was that good. You,
1: you, yeah. When it's the family, she does not want a road trip. No. But this time we road tripped with Amy from Lattes with Leia. And... Her fiancé. fiancé, Aaron,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was much more awesome than being stuck in the ki- car with the kids for and seven hours.
0: And Axel was like, Mom, they took my, ba- my seed and
1: wanted Lizzie. Lizzie. Lizzie doesn't Lizzie. want to complain. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. But either way, you know what? Uh, <laughs> so they were not complaining this time. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about the kids now because they're not here on the podcast because they don't want to read books. So I don't know where I failed as a parent, but that's what's happening. So the book club is purely us adults and wine and you and guys. And pizza. Oh, yeah, we had pizza vegetable pizza. I was disappointed, so great. but it had zucchini, so it's, it evens out.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the book. What book are we doing today?
1: The book today for our first book club is Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. The cover art is by Wojtek Fuss. It was released on October 11th, 2016, and if you had the fortune of listening to the audiobook. It was read by Ashley Eckstein.
0: Yes, it was. So it's uh for those of you who actually watch the Clone Wars, this is amazing because it just it feels that the book just like kinda of takes over from that point in time, well, not not too close in time as to when she walks out, but certainly mm-hmm. it just feels like it's a continuation uh, because yeah. you have this the same person, you know, narrating the book and her her life and all her struggles and things like that. So that's, that was
1: beautiful. Well, just to place I like it, the idea. it takes place basically one year after the formation of the Empire. So it's like the first Empire Day. So it takes place much closer to Revenge of the Sith than Rebels or anything else else. Uh,
0: But there's also some flashbacks, so you get a little bit of like the, just a couple of times when she talks about how is it seeing Anakin after she left the Jedi Temple, and I think she even fights side by side uh, with him shortly after. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll get into that. I guess I guess I'll okay. So I guess I'll just say spoilers for the book Ahsoka. It is like 2018 October, so you've had two years to read it. If you haven't that's your problem you messed up man
0: Um, also um we'll try to put a photo or something so that way whoever is listening to this podcast they can tell that this is about Ahsoka and um so I mean that's all the warning that people need
1: (laughs) it should be clear by now (laughs) spoilers this is about Ahsoka and we're gonna get into it I'm gonna read the publisher's summary real quick Ahsoka Tano, fan-favorite character from Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels, will be the star of her young adult novel from Disney Lucasfilm Press this October 11, 2016. Fans have long wondered what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order near the end of The Clone Wars, and before she reappeared as the mysterious rebel operative Fulcrum in The Rebels. Finally, her story will begin to be told following her experiences with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66. Ahsoka is unsure she can be part of a larger whole ever again, but her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. So, I guess just to put us into, like, where we were around that time, this was really close to the finale of Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels, which is, like, when Ahsoka's... You know, which is for probably a lot of Ahsoka fans, or in general, I would kind of say it's the crescendo of Ahsoka's story, like kind of like the climax of her story. That's when she actually confronts Vader on Malachor and, and all that kind of stuff. Spoilers if you haven't seen Rebels. Um, so I think a lot of people were a lot of people were wondering, does this take place at ah, like uh, the before the book came out, the placement was very unclear of what it was going to be. But once they started to talk about, like, how she becomes the person in Rebels, you started to really quickly figure out that it was going to be between Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I guess let's just get into, like, our... We're just going to get into the story now and just talk about the story and go beat by beat and see where it leads us. Okay, so we start with an interlude which is like what you were talking about, like those little flashbacks. Yes. I thought those were a really, really cool storytelling device because they go back a few times to Ahsoka's story, which like in this, the the movie, it's the movie, the book starts with the Siege of Mandalore, which mm-hmm. is like probably the thing that we all wanted, but now that Clone Wars is saved, we're probably all going to get anyway. <laughs> but like... Um That was, like, really, really cool. But later, like, as the interludes go on, you get into these different places in her story and even in other people's story. Like, I think one of the last ones is uh, the interlude with Kenobi where he's meditating. And that was, like, really, really cool to touch on those little things. I think that was a good... I think that was a really interesting way to drop in these pieces, kind of, like, almost in the way that that Wendig did it in, in the Aftermath trilogy. Like, obviously a lot fewer and far between, but the idea of dropping story threads all along a story, I found particularly interesting. So it starts on Mandalore, and she's about to confront Maul, and Anakin is leaving. So that's, it basically starts us, the story starts off the last time she sees Anakin, and right before Order 66, you know. And it's, that's a familiar Ahsoka to us who have watched the Clone Wars and things like that. So I thought they did a really good job with the characterization of the character and also the writing and painting the picture. Like even reading this book, it feels a lot like, um, like it, it feels in tune with the Clone Wars episodes and things Mm -hmm. like that. So like grabbing that kind of tone and the character, I thought they did really well with, um, And also Maul is there, so there's a little bit of banter, which is fun, because she gets to drop, like, oh, you know, I think he does, like, you know, your master cast you aside, blah, 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 you're no Jedi, and she does a real, like, well, you're only half a Sith. And if you listen to the audiobook, you get to hear Ashley Eckstein say that, which is pretty dope. The only thing they could have done better is if Sam Witwer read the other line. (laughs) And then it flashes forward to where we are in the story. So she is leaving the planet that she's resided on for the past so and so months. You know because she feels like the Empire is getting close. It's Empire Day. There's a strong stormtrooper presence on the planet. She's been staying with this family called the Fardis, and she feels like she's making too much of a connection with these people. And as a Jedi post Order 66, she feels any connections and any clues she can drop about her true Jedi self is a threat and that she needs to stay on the move.
0: So, see, one of the things, though, is that when they first, the stormtroopers, and I'm wondering if it was at this specific time when she was in Raida right? This uh, is
1: still, like, when she's leaving Tabeska.
0: Tabeska, okay. Mm-hmm. So, was it in Tabeska when she, when they say that the troopers are there and, like, they're wondering whether their troops are, uh, the, she's wondering whether the troops are um, clones or not clones. Was it oh, that yeah, or was it, it in Rayda?
1: I don't know. But I, I, I know what you're talking about. At one point, she's wondering if they're still mm-hmm. clones or if they're like recruits now.
0: Yeah, and I think it's funny that they say something like, well, it's not like clones grow on trees. And it's funny how she knows that ye, it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, we've seen it uh, in, in many of the movies, the way that, you know, the clones were actually...
1: Um, grown grown
0: yeah. yes
1: they, they're not trees but like but
0: yeah they're grown
1: <laughs> I like to play around on that level in Battlefront and then just kind of run around and look at all the like clones if you like look out the windows and stuff and get killed then you can see <laughs> you know you can see the backgrounds
0: Anyway, so this is about the same time, I believe, that... So she's trying to escape, right? Because um, the Empire's coming in, and the Fardis is a very uh, strong family. So, of course, they come in and visit him directly, right?
1: Well, this is before all that. She's just leaving because she just feels vulnerable that she's made too many connections, and people are going to start to recognize her, and so she just leaves. Like, she's trying to not make connections at this point. Yeah. You know. Uh, Yeah. So... Like the one thing that I think is very interesting, I don't know if you know this or not, but in the book, she she doesn't go by Ahsoka because
0: no, she doesn't. She doesn't
1: want any connections. Ashla, Ashla is her name. If you know, Ashla was the original
0: name that they were like
1: that they were gonna call her back in the day, and then it also became uh, that was from the original Star Wars scripts because the light side and the dark side were called the Ashla and the Bendu, or no, I'm sorry, the Ashla and the Bogan.
0: So what came first, Ashla or Ashley?
1: Ashla, sorry, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool for me to like see her going by that name. I was like, oh, it's concept art, but it's not. So that was pretty interesting. Um,
0: I just like the fact that whenever she's trying to do something, when she's in a position. Um, like when she's not talking to the children or she's not talking to the farty or whatever, when she's alone and she seems to be in trouble, she has a tendency to go and and speak to Artu. And I thought that was the cutest thing, how she continued to do that because Artu was always there.
1: Right. It was like uh, she's used to talking to Artu when there's nobody else there to listen, but now she's like truly alone, so she just talks as if Artu was there. Or, like, kind of, like, forgetting that he's not there.
0: So, I don't know if you knew this. I think you might have. Um, so, remember when I started working with, um, at the farm that I am right now, and back in the day, it was just me and, and, uh, and my boss. Okay. And my boss likes to work in the afternoon and night, mm-hmm. and I'm there in the morning, right? So, there was a fish, a fake fish, totally fake, okay? I know the fish. All right. Well, his name is Flipper. Mm-hmm. What you didn't know is that whenever I came to the office, I always talked to Flipper. Because it was just Flipper and I. Always. So, for anything, if I was upset and if I was, you know, complaining about something, I was talking to Flipper. And now that we have more people in the office, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard not to talk to Flipper.
1: You haven't talked to Flipper in a while?
0: No, I haven't. But every now and then I start like... Catching myself that, and I'm thinking, "Oh crap! My coworkers are gonna think that I'm just crazy." But I can so totally relate. Who cares? <laughs> I can totally relate about her just having someone with her all the time, mm-hmm. and um, and just having the feeling of talking to that person. In this case, are uh, um, you know droid but um anyway so yeah so when she was like talking about like she needs to stop talking to r2 because he's just not there and people are thinking that she's crazy i was like ah so relatable
1: i don't remember who i was talking to but i was asking somebody like what their favorite book was so far and they were like it's either ahsoka or it's a new dawn and i kind of was like well why and i think they were like i think it's ahsoka because it's really about the character trying to survive in this new world like who's lost everything which is like all the jedi at this point kind of you know anybody who survived
0: kanan (laughs) and i was
1: like that's kind of odd because i mean that's interesting because that's exactly what the other book is about kind of but the other book is a little more about finding it again but they're both about being lost and finding your place and i think that's sort of the theme of this book is like finding your place
0: yeah, but uh, yeah, but the difference between the New Dawn and, and Ashley, I mean, Ashley, gosh, uh, in the Soka book is that Kanan was not really open to... It, it's, it's a little bit different. It, no, it's the a lot Soka, different. The Soka book is more about like how she felt and like like we get into her head. Mm-hmm. With um, the New Dawn, we don't really do that. It just tells you a story.
1: You do get into his head a lot. Um, He's like the main character in the New
0: Dawn. No, I understand that, but it, there's no like... Um, I think Ahsoka is more detailed, more. I mean, I, I'm, it, it's a woman, so th- normally they're, you know, we like to talk a little bit more about ourselves. Mm. We like to really explore things in our head significantly more than uh, men do. I don't know, maybe, I mean, at least definitely Canaan. So Canaan is
1: not a woman confirmed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but if you compare Ahsoka and Canaan, they're comp- uh, Kanan is not all warm and fuzzy and he's not trying to, like, look for a, you know...
1: Right, He's absolutely. not trying to
0: think much about... But Kanan's
1: trying to let it go and it's like she's trying to find her way there. Kanan doesn't find his way back. He only finds his way because, because he has Hera nothing else is there. to do. You know, like, he follows somebody else.
0: Exactly, because Hera is leads there. And him back.
1: You know, and he doesn't even really find his way back until he meets Ezra, which is a whole other story. Right. You know what I mean? But, like... That I still think the theme of these characters, that have that have lost everything and are trying to find their place in this, you know, like this world that has done away with it. Like it's it's a real for me. It's it reminds me a lot of the, these old samurai movies. How you have these Ronin who like no longer have a master to serve, and they're trying to find their way in the world. They're some are becoming mercenaries, some are becoming bounty hunters, some are honor bound, some kill themselves. Like, you have these Jedi who don't have a place in the world anymore in the galaxy some and mostly and not only that they're hunted so there's like an additional uh danger
0: and there's not that many
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but I like I like the idea and I like the stories that come from there so she's she leaves the Beska then she finds Raida which is like a very small out of the way moon if I'm not mistaken and it's like a it's like, it's a farming colony, almost.
0: So, so is that's where the uh, the that's Forty family is. Yes, that's where the family okay, is. Okay, there you go. And that's when we meet the little tiny girls that not even Ahsoka can keep their names straight.
1: Right, except for the littlest one. Okay. <laughs> which is Hetala.
0: Hetala, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, she leaves them. Uh, she goes to Raya. She finds the Lartes. She meets Caden, who kind of tells her, like, it's sort of like a little... I always imagine it like a small like kind of farm town because that's basically what it is. It's like a farming colony and one of the persons who was injured, who is one of the, there's a, there's a pair of sisters who are very young, but who have to work on the farm to survive. The older sister was injured, so she ends up being there the day that Ahsoka gets there and not out working in the fields, uh, you know, and like Ahsoka finds a house, you know, and she's like, do I have to buy the house or what? And the girl's like, well, you know, such and such lived here before. So, do I have to buy it? Like, well, she didn't, so I don't see why you should. <laughs> I'm like, Isn't
0: that cool? Like, you just
1: go somewhere, I'm like,
0: mm, oh, there's a house there. You're I mean, okay, it's nice, when right. it's
1: a big galaxy, right? Yeah. You don't even have to, like, buy some land, buy some land. <laughs> you know? So, it's... In the in a galaxy this big, it's almost like everywhere is the Wild West, and you can just settle and not have to worry about permits and parking and, you know, all the normal things that that we would... So she meets Kaden, who is the older sister, who was injured because she broke her harvesting thing, and then Ahsoka sort of fixes it for her, and she becomes like a mechanic for the colony. Right. So Kaden wants to invite her out with the people so that she can meet the townspeople and meet new customers and be able to get credits and food and all that, blah, blah, blah. So she takes her out to Zelda's Cantina. Zelda is also a... Uh, Oh man, what is a uh, what is Ahsoka a Tagruda? Tagruda, yeah. But Zelda's like like she Zelda's missing an arm and like half a half a Tagruda headpiece. Mm-hmm. So, like they go to the thing. There's a game they play called Crokin. That's some very strategic form of. I feel like it's a strategic form of darts. It's like chess but on a dartboard because they're supposed to throw pieces to knock the other pieces off the board or something. But obviously it's not clear how exactly it's played. But I think it was like a really interesting idea for a game. So she goes and she meets the other people and there's like the drunk guy like the Vartan Vartan is the like crew leader who is like the boss at work. And then Tabola is like the other guy who's like the kind of the jerk guy in town. And then Star Destroyers get there and the Empire is there. So it's around this point where she's starting to worry about leaving and she hides her ship. She gets her ship out of the spaceport and she hides it in the caves in the mountains. The Imperials take control of the shifts. The Imperials take control of the farming colony and start to, like, they they sort of increase the hours of the (laughs) shifts.
0: No longer you can take a sick day.
1: Yeah, things like that. Um,
0: so they had no respect for any type of laws, you know, about like not making people work overtime or, yeah. you know, giving people um, some sort of workers' compensation. <laughs> well, all they want is
1: the, res- the results. They don't care about the people. They don't on care the farm. about the people. They care no? about the stuff they produce so they can take it and make their imperial rations or whatever it is they're making. You know, the guy in charge is a, a guy named Jeneth Pilar. I don't remember if he's a Moth. I don't think he is, but he's, like, the way that he's described is a very much, like, business, like, okay, well, he's adding these things, and he's going to make these numbers, and then it's going to be great, because then they're going to have to push all the things, and then the Empire will profit, because the stormtroopers will be fed, and blah, 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 like, a very numbers guy in charge. hmm You know, so that was kind of interesting. So, everything's... Like, nothing is boiling over, but the Imperials are there, and the Presence is getting stronger. All until one night, everybody's at Zelda's, and they start to initiate a... Uh, Some
0: sort of rebellion. Like a
1: curfew. No, they kill Tibola. Oh, yeah, but because Tibola he was gets rebelling. Tibola and starts <laughs> talking crap, Yeah. and they, like, kill him.
0: That's the problem. It's like, you have to be smart about this. Yeah. You can't just, like, talk s- stuff like that, you know?
1: So the people are upset, and the people start to unite, mm-hmm. and ahsoka knows more than them and she says well don't don't you're not ready to fight you're not ready to do this so w- how you do it right now is you like slow the production like work the hours but like don't increase like the, like slow the production find ways to like
0: basically um, do things to sabotage the production uh, you know don't work as fast don't mm-hmm. she needs to stop fixing things so it takes longer to yeah. To get things like that but one of the things that I found very interesting is how I mean the amount of detail right so when they shoot um, Tavola mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka thinks fast and immediately covers um, I don't know if it was, um, uh, it was a little Mira Mira mm-hmm. she covers her eyes and so that's when the Traguda saw that realizes that Ahsoka has seen some stuff and that right. she thinks fast and that she's been there before so yeah yeah. well that's when they
1: end up talking to her mm -hmm. about like her training and she doesn't necessarily give everything away but she does like sort of give them suggestions which is like slow production find reasons to slow down and blah blah blah. so
0: here's the thing is that ahsoka throughout this whole time she's just struggling because at the same time she's thinking she doesn't want to call attention to herself she just wants to live a life in peace hiding from the empire right yeah. And so at this point, she's like really struggling her- with herself about what she's going to be doing. Is she going to continue to run? How f- fast would it be until they catch up to her? Or is she going to stand up and fight? I think that the fact that uh, when she was at the Farties on, uh, was it Rayera?
1: Uh, that was Tabesca.
0: Tabesca. When she was at Tabesca, she felt really guilty because she left the other little girl out there, you know, with the shadow. like yeah. The
1: little girl called well, it's a about shadow. this time that she has a flashback as to what happened, like, when she left. So, apparently, before she left, the kids were playing in the garage where she was fixing the ship or whatever, and, like, they knocked over some crates and fell down, and the crates were going to fall on them, and she sort of reached out reflexively and used the force to save the kids, and the little girl saw her, and that's, like, right before she decided to leave. But... The shat- She wasn't there when the shadow was there. So, like, it goes to now and, like, that's when the shadow was right. there. So, it turns out that the little girl, the little sister, Miara, uh, back on Raida, is really good at building, like, explosives. So, they start to talk about how they can use that and how they can, like, start to make a plan. And Ahsoka helps them with that. So, they make a plan to sabotage the at that they're that are in production. So they build the explosives in such a way that it almost corrodes the joints. They want to place the explosives on the joints of the walkers. And then when the explosive activates, it's more corroding and corrosive and destroys it not only itself, but also the walkers' joints. So that they think that there's a... Like, they think it's more of a problem with the environment that they are, you know, like it's a, it's not good for the walkers that maybe they'll just want to leave instead of thinking it's an attack. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the idea, right? So then when they go and do it, it turns out the people from Raida who don't necessarily trust her because she's not showing all her cards and they know it, have built their own explosives that are like straight up full explosives. And they've gone to do their own, like while Ahsoka is supposed to be putting the things on the walkers and authorizing that mission, they go off on their own mission to sabotage like the the home base of where the Imperials are. So that's where Ahsoka's like, are you serious, you guys are dumb? Like, where do you think is gonna happen? Like, there's only so many of you, and they have weapons, and this is not gonna be mistaken as anything but rebellion, and they're gonna put you down. So she goes to try to stop them. She doesn't. She saves Kaden's life, but in saving Kaden she reveals herself as a Jedi. And then the Imperials realize there's a Jedi. Uh, Pilar reports that to the High Command and that's mm-hmm. when they start sending Inquisitors. Um, so Caden get, does get arrested and interrogated. And like, through the interrogation, like her arm is broken and she gets pretty messed up. And Ahsoka doesn't want to leave but the people are pissed off at her because they were like, dude, you were a Jedi? You could have saved us this whole time and you didn't do anything?
0: But that's not how it works.
1: Oh, but they don't know that. Like, they, you know, like, Jedi are bedtime stories to people across the galaxy, you know what I mean?
0: Jedi's are Superman.
1: Yeah. So, she goes, she she rescues Caden, and then delivers her to the people who are now, like, hiding in the caves that she kind of set up. And then she leaves. So.
0: She leaves because she believes that by her staying there, it's going to put them in even more trouble. Right. That and she, I think, she always wanted to go back and check on... um, Hidala. Hidala. I think she she felt really bad about leaving Mm -hmm. her there.
1: Um, Around here, there's another interlude that I really dig, and it's Anakin on Christophsis. And he's sort of, like, thinking about, like, Obi-Wan and, like, Padawans and things like that, and... The scene basically is in in Anakin's head, taking place right before the transport where he's about to meet Ahsoka arrives. You know, and it's like such a really, really interesting look into like that headspace. Like that's him on the day that he's about to meet the person that's going to be a big piece in his life, and he doesn't even know it. Like I really like those little pieces like that that they give us, and I wonder what the choice was, like, because that seems like a deliberate choice for the author. And that was a good idea. Like, to give us that, that... Like, I wonder if that's something that she's thought about for a long time. You know? Um, so, because of the resistance in the fight, the Sixth Brother is dispatched to Raeda to look for the Jedi. And of all the Imperial comm traffic, Bale finds out that there's a resistance on Raida. So, Ahsoka has returned to Thebeska in the Farties. She stole a ship, but they let her back because they know she's, she can help.
0: She's a good mechanic.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but Hadala tells her that she had sensed a shadow, and now it's gone. So Ahsoka kind of gives her the like, well, don't, you know, just keep hiding. Always stay stay hidden, stay hiding. But um,
0: And she talks to the 40s about this, and they know... I mean, they're just basically ignoring the fact that.
1: Well, they talk about the empire, but not. S- oh yeah, no, she they talks talk, about yeah. The, yeah, like. They about talk about her, her daughter,
0: and yeah. how they need to keep keep her hidden.
1: Yeah, well, because know? she sees her like using the force, the little girl.
0: Right, but they knew. That's what I'm saying. They knew.
1: Right. Um, so she ends up from moving up from mechanic, for the Farties to like, piloting. So she makes deliveries in the ship. And across one of those deliveries, she rescues a ship from pirate attack and um, helps those people, you know, just out of her good nature. She sees people that are getting attacked and she helps because she can't help it, you know. And then eventually, Bale dispatches two pilots to find her.
0: Oh, this is funny.
1: So uh, when she gets back to the Fardis, there's imperial searches that are happening on the planet. They're searching the house and they're searching this. And Ahsoka is super, super nervous because she knows they're looking for her. But the Fardis apologize to her because they think that it's their fault because the missions that she's running, they're helping supply rebels. They're helping supply rebel cells.
0: So here's the thing. I never really quite understand, uh, understood whether those shipments for Rebels were because they were getting paid or because they were actually Rebels
1: themselves? I'm sure they were getting paid. Because they were pretty successful on their thing. They were like the big family.
0: I know, but I wonder if they were also Rebels.
1: Right. Well, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Um. So, apparently a, a Black Sun bounty hunter goes after her ship Um, and they confront each other. Um,
0: yes, I really like this one because at the end, basically they're saying, well, you had cost us so much business because she's been rescuing people, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. From these pirates. And so basically they say, we're going to offer you employment. I was like, really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're really good at helping people. So help us.
0: Yeah. Help us. And you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Which she refuses, of course, but, um, which
0: is not an option to refuse apparently. So yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and uh, there's another interlude here that's Kenobi meditating. And I love the like final thing of his is him hearing Qui-Gon's voice and Qui-Gon saying, let go. You know, because it it's almost like the way that she paints the picture, it's like he keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper trying to let go of everything. He's like letting go of the names of Ben Kenobi, letting go of this place on Tatooine, letting go of all the pain of the Clone Wars, letting go of everything until there's nothing left. And Qui-Gon I don't is remember that. There. That's like one of my favorite things. And Qui-Gon is the <laughs> one who's like, no, you have to go deeper. Even let that go before you can find yourself and find how to like
0: Was this a flashback in the
1: Force. This is one of the, yeah, this is one of the, uh, the interludes. Hmm. So I, that's one of my favorite ones. I really dig it. Um, and I hope that, because we're about to get a book. I don't know if you know, there's a book coming. It's called Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray that's going to be Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon.
0: Oh, that's going to be interesting.
1: So, But I think it's young Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon.
0: Oh, so it's annoying Obi-Wan.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like super racist Obi-Wan. Gosh. <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, Master, we're short on time. Please leave this Gungan here.
0: Why do, you, why do hmm. I sense that you picked up a whatever...
1: Another pathetic life form. Look, oh, this God. is Anakin. He's small. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Okay. So the sixth brother is looking for Kaden because he knows that the Jedi rescued Caden. To lure the Jedi back. So the six Brother goes out to the mountains. And is able to find. The people. In his search for Caden. Then back to Ahsoka. With the Black Sun. Ahsoka is. Trying to like escape the Black Sun pilot. And a third ship. Shoots down. The Black Sun ship. And then. Hits Ahsoka with a tractor beam. Yep. So. The sixth brother captures Caden and kills a lot of the people there. Mm -hmm. But her sister survives because one of the people... Her sister keeps trying to get out and get at her and try to run out. And even though she'll be killed, her sister, Miara, keeps trying to run out. And somebody stuns her. Somebody Mm -hmm. shoots her with a stun bolt. And because she's laying on the ground like she's dead... They don't kill her. So yeah, but don't like make it sound like survivors. she's trying
0: to run. You make it tr- you make it sound like she was scared. She no, was she's
1: trying to run to get her sister. to get her sister. She knows she's she's going. Go- she yeah. tries
0: to go with her sister and be with her. Yeah. Um, and so, and she's not getting it. So
1: yeah, she won't listen, and she uh-huh. won't stay, and she won't stop. So they just stun her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that
0: must be very terrifying, though, and just like overall completely messed up. You know, you wake up from being stunned, and then...
1: Everybody's dead. Everybody's yeah. dead. Yeah. So, she's, the, she's like one of the few survivors. Um, that will
0: hunt you for life.
1: Ahsoka gets tractored up on the other ship. She gets out. There's two pilots with blasters. She knocks them both out, and then gets on the ship to search for stuff. And what does she find on the ship? R-2-D-2! That was one of the coolest parts of this book is that there's an unexpected R2 and Ahsoka reunion.
0: My God, it's like the most beautiful thing ever. And
1: it's one of those things that you don't see coming. You're reading the book and you don't even realize that that's what's about to happen.
0: So beautiful. And one of the things that I love the most is that... Okay, so do you remember when, you know... um, And... uh, Was it the New Hope? Was it the New Hope movie? When, uh, you know... Batman dies. And That's then, Revenge of the Sith. Sorry, thank you. I'm terrible with the names. To be fair, I'm terrible with people's names, too.
1: Episode three? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Revenge of the Sith.
0: Thank you. So at the end, you see uh, Bail Organa, right? Mm-hmm. And R2D2 and C3PO basically are now his. And so one of the first orders that he gives is basically have their minds wiped.
1: Only only the protocol droid.
0: I know, only right?
1: the protocol. No, but he says that. He's like, take these droids, they are now in your care, have the protocol droid's mind wiped. Oh, wow. I, I, only 3PO. And I even didn't 3PO, catch. yeah, 3PO's then like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought he said plural, both. No, No. It huh. they, Interesting, they I'm going to have to wiped. go back and, and check it. But I just found it amazing that they just they didn't wipe his memory, R2-D2's memory. They never wiped
1: R2. It's
0: so beautiful and so scary because, I mean, how easy it is to hijack a droid.
1: This is a thing that you probably won't appreciate as much as I did, but I was keeping up with the Poe comics, and at the end of the Poe, or not at the end, but like, there's a point in the Poe comics where it reaches after the last Jedi, and they're all in ship, and it's like Poe is talking, I'm sorry, R2-D2 is talking to BB-8, but you don't realize what's happening, you don't realize who's telling the story, you just kind of see the story. But he's saying like, he's like, sometimes I think that I'm just the person who's supposed to be here to see all of these things so that I can tell the story to the next person. Because his mind has never been wiped, like as far as we know from episode one. Like, and he was there for everything. He was there for like the beginning of the Clone Wars. He was there for the wedding of Anakin and Padme. He was there, you know, when they went to the temple to kill younglings. He was there when C-3PO carried the body of Padme back to the ship and back to the birth of the twins like all the way through finding Luke Skywalker and, and the Battle of Endor and everything like R2-D2 was there for all of it that is really
0: crazy yeah I think that somebody should write a book about it from R2's perpe- perspective and I'm told that actually R2 it has a quite mindful of just like he just says all kinds of bad words which I'm so totally into yeah oh my apparently god apparently that's
1: why the Falcon likes him because he says a lot of dirty jokes <laughs> Um, so yeah there's a really cool like thing and what they end up doing is she's supposed to be captured and taken back to bail for a rendezvous she won't R2 won't tell her who the rendezvous is with but she kind of trusts R2 and R2 kind of trusts her so what they end up doing is R2 says like well set up transponder for me wipe any evidence that I was here and if I like what I see I'll follow you and R2's like, fine.
0: But it's funny. Art 2 really tells her. I mean, yeah.
1: But he doesn't tell her who it's with. He I doesn't know, tell her but...
0: Still, it's, it's basically... He is playing them both. Yeah. He's playing them both.
1: But he's trying to get them to get... Like, they both don't trust each other. But he knows if he can get them to the same spot, he can make it happen. You know what I mean? He knows they're both fighting for the same thing, I think.
0: Yeah, totally understandable. But at the end of the day, it's like, here's the, that's the reason why I like R2 a lot. Because it's almost like deep down, he doesn't have an allegiance to, like full on an allegiance to a specific person. You see what I'm saying? He's supposed to be a droid. He's supposed to obey his master, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes he doesn't.
1: Right. It, well, it depends on whatever he thinks. The thing, you know what I mean? Like, but that's the thing, yeah, though. Yeah. So
0: here's the thing, though. Like, so you have R two and you have C three PO. You have Chopper. You have L three. I mean, honestly, like I think that droids should be treated as humans. They have feelings. They have their own rationalization of things. Uh, they trust. They feel sad. They feel happy. They feel betrayed. They like to take breaks. You know, like, you know, oil vats and everything. So, man, I mean...
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, let them vote. I don't care. Go for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, art is the favorite.
1: Hmm. Um, so... The pilots wake up, they go back to the rendezvous, saying that they didn't catch the person, but the person, you know, they, we got knocked out, we got overtaken, they didn't take anything, they, but they escaped. You know, talking about Ahsoka. And then Bale kind of feels bad, because he's like, well, I didn't tell them that they were kind of like hunting down a Jedi. Maybe if I would have given him some more information, they could have been a little bit better prepared. You know. Um, so, but he realizes that Artu <laughs> betrayed him. Yeah, like he checks all the logs and he sees that everything's wiped but there's like one shot where there's like a there's like one shot that R2 didn't wipe and you can see like you know it's like a shot uh, it's like a, a security cam footage that would not have caught her you know but um it would it you know because of whatever there's a, something obstructing the view but you can see like the very tippy top of her mantrals, you know and he's like that's that's Ahsoka <laughs> like that has to be Ahsoka and then he's kind of like well if it's Ahsoka like she would have recognized Artu. and if it was Ahsoka he's like wait a Ar- minute would have <laughs> so- recognized her so he's like you little jerk
0: <laughs> you, no he calls him little metal devil
1: yeah, I think that that's yeah.
0: But then also at the same time, he's betraying Ahsoka, because he was supposed to wipe every single trace that Ahsoka was there. But yet he decided to leave one. He didn't make a mistake. He did it on purpose, so that way he will knew, um, you know, Bail Organa will know who right. he was dealing with.
1: So they meet at the rendezvous. Bail decides to go to the rendezvous anyway, even though Ahsoka's not there. Uh, they meet. He lets the pilots go. And the whole thing happens, and then when he gets back, you know, they're kind of waiting around because he thinks that Ahsoka's probably going to show up. He's like, well, that's probably what their plan is. She's going to show up, and then we'll get the meeting anyway, so he decides to go to the meeting. They meet, the rendezvous oh, happens.
0: Wait, before we move on, I just I just remi- remember something. So, when Ahsoka and R2 are talking about Bail Organa, you know, like, these droid keeps pulling all kinds of stuff, right? Because basically... At one point, it's almost like she didn't want to meet with Bell Organa. But then, like, R2 is reminding her, you know, that Padme Amidala trusts him. Right. And I just thought it was kind of like, you know, that time when uh, on the, um, what was it, on the, the Last Jedi? No, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, where R2-D2 basically shows um, Luke... The Hollow of Leia. The Last Jedi. Jedi. See, Mm -hmm. I can't get those names, man. I get them all confused. I know the story, but can I remember the names? Anyway, it's a lot shot. Basically, Mm -hmm. every single time he just keeps doing this to people.
1: I like that he, uh, because it goes to that, and she kind of goes like, well, you know, she didn't know Bale as well as Obi Wan and Padme, but if they trusted him, then maybe she should trust him, too. You know, because she worked pretty closely with Obi-Wan and Padme, not necessarily with Bail.
0: Just saying, man, R2-D2 is wiser than most humans.
1: That's a fact. Um, so he's disheartened, he, she didn't show up, he goes back to his room, and Ahsoka's in his room, because she snuck in with a spacesuit
0: <laughs> <laughs> Through a secret entrance that Bail vale Organa forgot, it was there.
1: I, don't remember, I think she just, like, got in the airlock or something, like, that R2 opened or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's in there, and they get to talking, and they go through, like, a weird thing. I And I think Ahsoka sees pictures of Leia or something like that, and she's like, oh, yeah, your daughter. And then he says something like, yeah, she's a lot like her mother. It's kind of like testing...
0: Whether or not Ahsoka knew.
1: Ahsoka. I
0: mean, Ahsoka knew that Padme and Anakin were, like...
1: Right, but she doesn't giggity, quite take giggity. the bait or even pick up on that. Like, no, she doesn't, doesn't because
0: for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with Ahsoka in there. Like, she should have, like, that should have just been, like, oh, my God. Like, I wonder, you know, what happened. She, she knew what was going on. Well,
1: maybe she never knew Padme was pregnant. I don't know. There's no way that she would have known that. And when did she leave the Jedi? How would she know if she didn't keep in contact with the Republic? You know, there's a lot there that we don't know yet. You know, when she leaves in in Season 5 of The Clone Wars, Padme doesn't look pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, you never know. I don't know. Don't know what to tell you, man. Um, so, that's when Bale tells her that the six brothers is over on Raida, and the Resistance is happening. So, Ahsoka makes a plan. Then we don't hear it. And then there's an Illum interlude talking about the crystals and how they grow and how they call out and how they're meant for people, um, which was like pretty cool. And then it talks about how the Sith and the Darksiders get their crystals red is called bleeding the crystals. Yeah, they make them bleed. Which is very different. They twist them. From like what, in Legends, it wasn't like that at all. In Legends, it was like the crystals were synthetic, mostly the Sith used synthetic crystals, that were supposed to be stronger than the regular crystals. So there was like a that was a, a new thing for a lot of us at the time. We were like, Oh, crystals bleed, that's so metal. Where I was.
0: <laughs> anyway, so basically by the end of this conversation, she gets another job offer, right? So it sounds like everybody's just offering her jobs left and right. When well, she no, comes back, y- she, she gets yet. a mechanic job, you know, and this yeah. girl is like, you know, one of the... <laughs>
1: At the end of this conversation, she comes up with a plan to help help him help her save riot Help me scenarios.
0: to help you to help them? Yes.
1: Yeah. So, she, fir- she decides first she needs to go get a lightsaber. So she goes back to Ilum. But Ilum is like semi-destroyed. And there's Imperial presence all over it, and they're mining the crystals. And mm-hmm. they're destroying the planet to do it. So she can't get any crystals there and it's at that point that she meditates and finds and she doesn't have her old lightsabers because in order to fake her own death she buried her lightsabers there on mandalore so that's like an interesting little story like how she was able to get away and off of that you know to try to throw them off her trail she doesn't have her lightsabers anymore
0: okay so at the end of the day it's like what is it that bale basically What's the job that she gets with Bail? right?
1: Not yet, not yet. Oh, wait That's even. at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're not there. We are so, there. So, she, no, she goes back to Elam. She doesn't find any lightsaber crystals. Mm-hmm. But she meditates on the Force, and the Force leads her back mm-hmm. to Raida. Mm-hmm. And she knows where to go for her crystals. Right. So, she goes back to Raida. She goes back to rescue Caden. She counters the Sixth Brother. who well, Back when this came out, like, we don't know what he looked like, except he was this gray-skinned creature... Uh, in darkness but now if you're reading the Vader comics you know what the Sixth Brother looks like he's like this grey skinned creature (laughs) with this weird hat and you can see his teeth in a lot of shots of him Uh, so I like now that rereading this book I'm able to picture uh, the Sixth Brother when I'm (laughs) reading it now a little bit better so that is enjoyable to me thank you Star Wars for always adding on Um, so she goes back and she encounters him
0: Mm-hmm. Is it, okay, so tell me, is it when, I can't remember, but he says something about basically the Jedis. Um, I think he tells, uh, Kade, uh, what's her name? Terrible names? Like I say, Kaden, yes. He tells Kaden that um, the Jedi's not going to come back for her because right. Jedis have no attachments and they have no hearts and that they don't even understand what love is, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then um, Ahsoka says totally the opposite. Was it Ahsoka or was it kedem who said something about, like, no, they do, and blah, blah, blah. I don't
1: know. I don't remember that part.
0: You don't remember that? I
1: mean, I remember him. I think I remember the part that they're not going to come back for you, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I just
0: can't remember if it was something what? that Ahsoka was there to listen to. You know, when...
1: No, I don't think that was... Okay. I think I think that if... When he was talking to Caden, I think that was during the interrogations and her torture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she goes back. She has no lightsaber. hmm And she, like... The sixth brother brings out the, the Inquisitor blade with the rotating double lightsabers and spinning. And she, like, hits a shatter point on it mm-hmm. and destroys the explosion destroys the inquisitor so if you've read there's a book called shatterpoint and it sort of describes this power that in the legends mace windu had and it was like he would see all these pieces in history that would change the flow like and they were called shatterpoints but he could also find them in people and things and like uh in the book, he was very regretful over not killing Dooku because he was like, that was a shatter point. I could have killed Dooku and Django would have killed me, but the Clone Wars would have ended. Like, I could have prevented it and I didn't, like, I should have done that. But he sort of keeps following each shatter point to the next one because he knows that that's what changes the course of history, you know?
0: So it's kind of like a, the butterfly effect.
1: A little bit, but he's able to find the one spots that make the big differences, that shift the balance. I if see. That makes any so sense.
0: it's not just little tiny things. It's yeah. just like the big important. But he's
1: also able to do it to find weaknesses, mm-hmm. like, like how she does it. She like sees the spot and hits the spot, in the lightsaber and the entire sh- sh- saber shatters. Mm-hmm. That's like the same. Like he does that too. Like that's a small version of it. I see. You know.
0: Okay. And so, um, so here's my question for you. Okay. Okay. So. If these crystals are taken from the rifle owners, and in order to be a rifle owner, the crystal has to call to you, right? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like like your soulmate, right?
1: Yeah. So this
0: crystal belongs to a specific person, right? Mm -hmm. And I get it, you know, like those crystals are taken from the rifle owners, and they're so corrupted and they're so twisted that they basically. There's an alteration, right, that the bleeding process is a complete alteration Mm -hmm. of, like, a twisted crystal, right? Mm -hmm. Most likely, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe the rifle owners died. But it just seems to me like, wait, that was your soulmate, and I get it. Now you're all twisted and um, red and all that stuff. But then she was able to call on to them as well. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like a crystal can have more soulmates than just one.
1: Well, I think we'll get into a little bit of that. Somebody sent me a really cool thought. We'll get into that after when we get to the, the, the people's thoughts. But the idea, like, to me, the crystals were calling out to her.
0: It's like, like save us, save us.
1: Like, when, the, when they're taken and they're bled and they're controlled by the Sith or the dark side, they're not... They're not happy. They're not... That's not their soulmate. That's not the No, I
0: understand that there's not like the soulmate, but... They're
1: being enslaved, almost. Like, okay, corrupted. Okay, but
0: what about the first uh, owner? That's my question. What's right.
1: That? Yeah, That's a whole different thing. But maybe what if the first owner's dead and they can call to somebody else? I don't know. I mean, the answer is I don't know in real life, but <laughs> I'll read you a question in a minute. In real life. That is going to blow your mind and okay. see how that goes. Um, so she shatters the thing. She takes the pr- crystals and she's able to, like, unbleed them and purify them and assemble her lightsabers.
0: And this is when,
1: instead of having the gets. red
0: sabers, you get the white sabers.
1: She gets the white blades, you know. And it's like uh, through the whole story, she's been collecting these pieces of metal that she just didn't want to throw away. Or she's had a feeling that she should keep onto them. And that ends up, that combined with like, she kind of sifts through what was in the Inquisitor's blade.
0: See, you can't blame me about keeping stuff around that I don't quite need it. But I feel like I shouldn't get rid of them because you never know.
1: Do you want a clean garage or not? <laughs> we can't fine okay so then they go back and they uh, she rescues Caden and that's when like the cavalry arrive the three like blockade runners show up you know like with A-wings fire, fighter support and they escape like Bale's people come and they load survivors on refugees and they escape so she rescues Caden and they come and they rescue the people of Raida. Like not just Caden, but the other the other uh, farmers too.
0: Okay, so Caden, she's basically destroyed, right? I mean, she's very oh, beat up.
1: She, I mean, yeah, she's beat she's up. She's beat up. Okay. But she's not like like those she's, other people no. are wrecked, dude. They have fake arms and stuff. Like the the one dude, like kind of gets blown up before he gets in the shuttle, and he loses an arm. But it's the opposite arm that Zelda lost. So they call themselves like together they make one guy because they both have between them they have two arms and two legs
0: okay anyway so so but she's pretty banged up right she's Mm -hmm. pretty beat up right and then zelda injected her with some um something what was that Mm -hmm. and where can i get some
1: i don't know talk to zelda (laughs) yeah uh, i didn't take notes on that part
0: well it injected her with something right and immediately she just felt great again She was, like, almost cured, and then she was asking whether this will be a temporary fix. Is it, like, is it going to rub off in two hours, and I'm going to feel like crap again? Or is this something that is going to be with her for a little while? Mm -hmm. And Zelda says, yes, this is going to be, eventually it's going to wear off, but you're going to have it. You know, this is going to help you a lot, and it's not just an immediate remedy. So, So I'm like, I always wonder, what is it that they injected her with?
1: I don't know. I wish I took better notes there okay um so she so ahsoka once again sneaks on the tent of e3 so she goes back and gets on Bail's ship and she sees him talking on a holo with leia like he's on a comm with leia baby leia little baby leia baby leia, little baby leia playing on the phone um and then they have their conversation about the refugees and what they're going to do with them and he's like we can take them wherever they want to go. And Ahsoka's like, they don't want to go. You know, he's like, we can probably just, we have a lot of refugees from the war. We can probably just have one Alderaan and hide them and they'll be fine. You know, but she's like, they don't want to be refugees. They want to fight. Like, and he's like, yeah, but they're farmers, dude. Like, what are they going to do? And she's like, well, your, your people need food, right? A, rebel, a rebel, rebellion needs to eat. So if they're farmers, let's find a place for them to farm. And they can help. Even if they can't fight, they can still Only
0: help. think, Bill, think.
1: You know, use what you have. Um, so, like, it's at that point that they decide to, you know, she decides that's when she gets the job offer. And she says, like, we really need to, like, fix up the communications, you know, these people didn't have this information and that led to that. You didn't have all the details and then you didn't trust me and I didn't, I shot, I I beat up your people because I didn't know what was going on, you know. And she takes over, and she's like, who's doing your communications? Who's doing your spy network? Who's doing all that? And he's like, we don't have anybody. That's the problem. And so she thinks, like, this is a good way that she can help, but not being a general
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, so, so she has, like, basically that kind of title, something about communications, right? Uh, but more importantly, I think that uh, one of the things that Ahsoka is doing is... Because of Leah. The type of work that she's doing is because of Leia. Because essentially, in in um, what was her name? Oh, God, again, I'm terrible with names. The farty child. Hidala. Hidala, yes. So, because of Hidala and because of Leia. Because they are force-sensitive child mm-hmm. children. And so, she's helping in bail to keep them alive. Because even though Ahsoka doesn't know it, Leah is... I mean, at that point,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not even Bale knows it, but suspects that maybe she will be force right. sensitive.
1: Well, he mentions it in the book. He says, like, he hopes. He hopes that she that doesn't think after her father exactly. too much, like, you know, uh, yeah. at some point. But I mean, that's something that we still don't know in the bigger story. Like,
0: well, in, in the book, they basically say that, you know, uh, or maybe I have my notes. so Maybe I don't know if it was me just writing this or mm-hmm. actually read it in the book. This is Bail is helping Ahsoka to save force sensitive children because of Leia.
1: I don't remember that at all. But then, in, then it's just me. Sorry. The, throughout the thing, like not only Hadala, but like even if you think about the the kid, the, the babies they take in um in rebels. Mm-hmm. Remember the Inquisitors mm-hmm. mm-hmm. are trying to take the babies and they rescue them. Then they take Jaikel, but Jaikel shows up in season four again.
0: Okay, I am so sorry. I have to say this, but I would have kept those babies. Okay.
1: I love them. And then. More uh, babies! You, you would have taken Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, Pipey. Remember the Pipeys, the little hammerhead baby?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) cute. Zeb's like,
1: I don't even know which way is up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, there's that and there's um, Zare Leonis, like, who goes with the Rebellion with his sister, who's supposed to be Force-sensitive. So, there are these people that we still don't know the answers of where they go. Like, Jai Cal shows up again, but what happened to the babies? What happened to Pipey? What happened to Zare Leonis and his sister? Like, there's still a lot of unanswered questions as far as Force-sensitive kids and the Rebellion. And Ahsoka helping them. So that's something that we can hopefully look forward to. Thanks. More babies. Thank you. Thank you, Star Wars Story Group. <laughs> um, so then we get back to the other side. Like, it sort of bookends the last... Uh, the Wait, last before
0: we oh, go, go with the bookend, let's talk about Vera Sophie. Okay. And how um, Ahsoka at that point thinks about Vera Sophie and how she was right. Maybe she didn't go on, right. a, you know, the right way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Sarah blowing up people and blowing up things. Maybe and blaming she, her for it. And blaming her for it. But she was right. Right. She was right. That was, that was kind of crazy. Like, yeah. I didn't expect it for Ahsoka to be thinking about various office at this point, to be honest with you. Um,
1: well, they were friends. But,
0: but she did have a good um, point about the Republic, about the Jedi, about the traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, and if they, if the Jedi would have been a little bit more in tune instead of being like so... Um,
1: Politically motivated exactly. and, and, and connected to the politics exactly. of the galaxy.
0: They would have discovered Palpatine a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: If they would have had cell phones.
1: <laughs> Just Wait, <saying. Like>, what?
0: <laughs> no, again, that's my point, not her point.
1: If they would have had cell phones, yeah. they would like, Yo, dude, Snapchat, dude, this is definitely definitely, This is definitely, definitely Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine right? yeah. <laughs> dude, I recognize that chin. Anyway. Um. so the last little uh, interlude is the Grand Inquisitor like surveying the ruins of Raida and he's like seeing the body of the sixth brother and he's like no this was a Jedi that killed him like you know like he should have been better prepared but he didn't think he was gonna be fighting a Jedi so that is what it is and he's like inform Lord Vader this is definitely a survivor
0: dun, dun, dun.
1: if you enjoyed it if you if what if you've enjoyed that <laughs> and you didn't read the book You should. You definitely should. You should. Um, Okay,
0: here's the thing. I'm going to be honest. I cheat. I didn't actually read the book.
1: You did the audio book? I did the audio book. I read the book because when I reviewed it the first time, uh, it was when I had the advanced copy. So there was no audio book yet. But then going back to it, I was able... I read the audio... I read the audio book. I played the audio book when the book came out, but I had already read the book before.
0: In my defense, though... How could you pass to do the audiobook? Ashley Ekston no, was like doing the voice, it, you know?
1: And then when I listened to it again this time, I did the audiobook again. Like, because such I a don't good
0: even feel bad about it. I was like, this is a good reason to do this. Mm-hmm. Ashley Ekston is reading the book.
1: Yeah, there's no reason not to. They've, they've done like a pretty good job of that lately. Uh, they did, I don't know if you heard, they had a, what what's her name? Uh, they had Kelly Marie Tran do uh, Cobalt Squadron. She did the audiobook really? for Really? Oh yeah. my god, I can't so wait they've, for that they've one. Been like doing I a love few movies. her.
0: I don't know what it is about killing Marie Tran. I just freaking love that girl.
1: She's amazing. Loan. Loan, I think.
0: Yeah. She's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so I kind of went back to my first review on making Star Wars. Uh, when I first read the book, and I just kinda wanted to go back through it and see if there was anything that I saw back then that I see different now. Um This was so close to Twilight of the The Apprentice that I wrote in the review, like, hey, if you're looking for answers about that, this is not the place to look, just so you know, which I think a lot of people were at that time, you know?
0: You know what? Now that I think about it, I actually did a review on this book, too, Hmm. shortly after. Remember how um, Ashley and E.K. were doing some book signings.
1: We went to a book signing. Yeah, we
0: booked a book signing, which, by the way, EK is so nice. um, Very, really nice. Very down to earth. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashley, of course, everybody knows that she's super nice as well. Um, So shortly after that, um, I did a a book review. But my books reviews are like a little bit more like, oh, this is cool. You know, they're not deep or anything like that because I'm trying not to give it away to to Mm -hmm. people who haven't read it. Um, But I think that I stand by my book review.
1: (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Uh, This is awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm just going to pass that up because I think it's all the same thing that I just said. Oh, I was all excited to see like, oh, this is the first time we see Inquisitors like in canon. This is the chronologically first time that there was an Inquisitor. But I didn't know what he looked like. Now that I know what he looks like, I'm like 10 times more excited. Uh, Okay. So let's get into what the book club sent us. Book club thoughts. Woohoo. Okay, ready?
0: All right. Um,
1: uh, I'm gonna give a quick little shout out to Jen Marie because we did the book club and then we were like, that's what we're gonna do. Because we don't know what we do, and we don't and know she what was we're very doing. nice and kind
0: to we just kinda like
1: say shit and then we do it <laughs> and then we like hope it works.
0: I'm gonna be honest with you, that was basically my idea and I I feel bad for Sal because every single time I did things like that is basically like, Hey, let's run a marathon, let's run a five k." And I never train, I never prepare for anything, I just go with it. So um, basically I was just telling himself, we should do a book club. Oh, I really want to do a book club. And so finally I guess I said it enough times that he went along with it, but we have no idea how to do a book club whatsoever. To be honest with you, I was more in love with the idea of doing it with actual people instead of like a podcast, but I do realize that that's difficult. Um, you You have
1: to know actual people.
0: Well, we know actual people, but it's difficult to <laughs> it's difficult to get together with people at one place, especially when some of those people who are sending us messages are not even here mm-hmm. in Southern California. So that makes it a little bit more complicated.
1: Yeah. That's why I think like the online thing works a little bit better for that, because I don't have to worry about people coming. To my but house.
0: thank you, Jen Marie, for giving your you know your thoughts and ideas about how we should yeah, do this because we was had super no
1: idea when we kicked it off. <laughs> And then she, if you guys don't know Jen Marie, she runs, I think it's Anakin and His Angel, the the website AnakinAndHisAngel.com, maybe. If I make a mistake, I'm sorry, Jen Marie. Uh, but she kind of was like, hey, like, are we going to start a little, like, group discussion on this? Or how should we do that? Cause we're I like, was like, yeah, sure. I was like, throw your comments <laughs> in the bottom down below, son. Like, And for, <laughs> to remember to subscribe. And then she was like, hey, where do we talk about this? Like, so we're not spoiling people. And I was like, Yeah, that's a good idea, huh? So let me start. So I basically started like a Facebook event. So if you were part of the event, thank you so much for being part of the event. If you were not part of the event, the next book that we are doing has been decided. It's going to be Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. And uh, I think we're going to record the podcast on that at the end of November. So you still have about a month and a half. You can go to Rogue Rebels on Facebook and there should be an event there for the Dark Disciple Book Club. And you can jump in and get some discussion with us and add your comments, and then we'll talk about them next Rogue Rebels Book Club. Yes! So please join us if you haven't yet. It's fun, and we're learning as we go, and here we go. So, let's see what I got. Okay, so I think that Jen Marie jumped in and she said, like, I haven't, I just finished reading the first chapter, and I didn't expect Ahsoka to assume that Anakin and Obi-Wan were dead. My heart hurt while reading that on page 16. I mean, as far as Anakin goes, I guess it depends on how you look at it. At this point, he already made the choice to become Vader. But if you're like me, and you like to think the way Padme and Luke did, that there was still good in him, technically he wasn't dead, I guess I thought maybe she would have felt either or both of them at some point, and that they survived Order 66. Very interesting. So, there was a, uh, there was a panel where they talked about it, and like Dave really said that he tried to describe what it meant that like and maybe this was like during the season two like rebel stuff and he was saying how like whenever she tried to reach for him and look for him he could have she couldn't there was nothing like there was nothing but darkness Mm -hmm. like that darkness was vader but she didn't know that she just couldn't feel anakin so like it's my thought that anakin was buried somewhere in that darkness maybe but but she couldn't sense him. yeah she, she couldn't, couldn't film him it. but then like when she like actually runs into him at the beginning of season two of rebels and siege of mandalore a uh, siege of Lopal. yeah it took her
0: a while to find him even though he was so close you it's know
1: almost like like she felt it to me the way that it looks is she felt it and it felt familiar different.
0: familiar but different
1: yeah but it, she didn't think it was him and she almost wanted to prove herself wrong but she had to investigate further You know, it's like, and then it's almost, it almost turned into like where she didn't want to believe it was him. You know what I mean? Until there was literally no other answer. You know? So that's kind of how I go with it in the canon. And um, like, as far as Obi-Wan, he sort of disappears into it. And this book does a really good job of kind of explaining that like, the force has changed. Like, she reaches out and like, it feels like all the Jedi are gone. So, it's almost like the shroud of the dark side sort of really clouds everything. And that makes it much harder to even
0: To sense others. Sense
1: any other Jedi, not only the fact that they're not there. You know? So, um, I, what I did is I added, if you go to that event, this is not going to make sense on a podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, E.K. Johnston has a Tumblr. And if you go to her Tumblr and, like, she has her, like, kind of head casting which I really dig, like her and Claudia Gray do this, and they sort of like put like, hey, this is like how I kind of pictured this character. And they put different actors or something. I always pictured them like this. Um, So I really like digging that because then the thing that sucks is they don't do that till the book comes out. And then I already read the book and then I can't like...
0: You can't connect. I can't (laughs) go back,
1: you know, like, and then I don't want to wait till the book comes out sometimes. But whatever, like, it's cool. Like, you can go look at it now. And like, add that picture to your face, to your mind when you're reading the book.
0: Look, here's the thing though, when I'm reading the book, I don't add any pictures other than the characters.
1: Yeah, but this is pictures of the characters. Oh. Like, this is the pictures of, like, oh, hey, Kaden and. This actors who I kind of thought this person looked like. In okay. my head, it was this person playing. But it's pa- not
0: like Ahsoka, you know? So Ahsoka, yeah, you know this know is what Ahsoka how looks Ahsoka looks. Like. Like.
1: Well, she does have one of Ahsoka, actually. She's like, this is the kind of how I see Ahsoka as a real life person. Oh. Like. Okay. So there's, yeah. I guess you didn't look at that part. No, I didn't. Um, I had people vote. This was so fun. At least I thought it was going to be, but like four people voted. Uh, I said like, who's everybody's favorite character, not counting Ahsoka? And so there was like two votes for Kaden, one for Miara, and one for Zelda. And that was me. I voted in my own thing. Because <laughs> I don't So care. there
0: were three people then voting. Yeah, so there was basically <laughs>
1: three people voting. Uh, and Kaden is the winner. People like Kaden. Yeah. So for all you guys out there, Okay, Sean said, Bail. The feels with him... Oh, wait. The feels about him reminiscing Order 66 because he was there. And I was like, yeah, homie. Yeah. Uh, Then Mike added, this book did remind me how much Ahsoka had an impact on Zoe when we started watching Clone Wars, who is his daughter and the other half of Star Wars Geek Girls if you listen to Lizzie's podcast. Uh, There were two teenage girls who are Sabine's and podcast, and Ahsoka is one of Zoe's favorite characters, because she was little, and it's a whole thing. So listen to them if you want more impact about Zoe and other teenagers' thoughts about the thing. So back to Mike's quote. (laughs) And how she got to grow up with this character. When she went back to face the brother, it choked me up because at that moment she was truly fighting for those who couldn't fight for themselves. And then me, I'm like, right? I know... Wait, no. That wasn't me. I think I said something, and then he responded with like, right? I know Zoe saw the Clone Wars movie at least three times in the theater and she loved it, and I did too, because it was her Star Wars. I teared up the same way when Ray called the saber in the woods and I looked over at Zoe and Safi and realized how cool that was for all of us, but especially them. Especially girls. Right on. Matthew said, I've been wanting to share my thoughts with people, but if the Ahsoka novel was a movie, it would be rated R, because the fact this roadie named Colvin gets cut in half by the Six Brothers Saber that's like, true like, yep yep <laughs> matthew i think you could say that about a lot of the books because if you read a lot of the books there's a lot of that stuff kind of going on and that's what i've always felt with and then i put out i put out this a call to the people on twitter who are not necessarily saying oh, twitter on the you're
0: bringing twitter this i brought them? i brought
1: this to twitter i wanted to see what twitter thought <laughs> um and one of my buddies dom who is a uh Don Legaspi, he also listens to Now This Is Podcasting, and he writes into us a lot. He hit me with this that I think is going to blow your mind. My thought, well, inference anyway, Ahsoka hears those specific crystals because they're her originals from the Clone Wars, the ones she buried when they faked her death. They call to her, and she knows the song. Kate stops just short of spelling it out in her book. Now, the book, it says, like, the crystals that powered her lightsaber were no longer contained by metal. But their song had not dimmed. She held them in hand, almost shaking with the familiarity of them as as the familiarity of them coursed through her, while the other hand retrieved the half-finished hilts she carried with her. And then another little excerpt he puts, like, When Ahsoka opened her hands, she was not surprised to find that two lightsabers, rough and unfinished, were waiting. They would need more work, but they were hers. When she turned them on, they shone the brightest white. So he thinks that the Inquisitor had... Her crystals.
0: But that means that he will have to dig them out.
1: But the Empire would have found him. Do you think the Empire would have saved the crystals and just given them to the Inquisitors? Where do the Inquisitors get their crystals? You know.
0: By killing Jedis?
1: Well, I think Vader gets his crystals from killing Jedis. I don't know about the Inquisitors. I think the Inquisitors might so just be Inquisitors given. are lame? Yeah, I think he just might be. He's well, like, here, here, here. Take them out of the crystal grab bag. <laughs> you know. Um, so, like. That's an interesting thought that I think is really cool. Yeah, that's true. if they're her original crystals, they found her way back to her, and that goes back to your soulmate thing that you were talking about earlier.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true, but um, I don't know, man. It's just that I like to think that the Inquisitor gets their crystals by killing Jedis.
1: If you read the Vader comics, Sith get their crystals from killing Jedi. But I don't think the Inquisitors go through that same whole thing because they all have crystals when Vader meets them. They all have red lightsabers and they're all hanging out and some of them were Jedi. So some of them might have just corrupted their crystals. You know? And then some of them might just, like... I don't think... Like, they're not Sith. Some of them probably can't even defeat a Jedi. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ahsoka beat this one with no lightsaber. So I don't know. But I think it's... I think it's a really cool thought and yeah. i I think I like to go with that. Like, I think... The fact that there, like, the, there's the will of the force, and the idea that like nothing happens by accident. There's no coincidences. What if her crystals did go in that grab bag, <laughs> and what if that inquisitor picked it out, and then that's the inquisitor that got called to ride, and those are the crystals that were calling to her, because they were suffering, and they wanted to come back home. So that's a pr- that that did blow my mind down. I think my wife's a little more selective with her theories. Uh, I added a couple of quotes just here at the end. And I think one of my favorite quotes from the book is the one that I put in my original review. It's Ahsoka Tano, and she says, I thought I was done with the war, but maybe I don't know how to do anything else. You know. So.
0: Well, if we're doing that, I would like to. Right, the, the two pieces that I like the most, and it basically is to describe R2. You know, I, I love R2, I he's probably R2. one of my favorite characters in, in the whole Star Wars universe. Um, so I really like when he's get called, um, Metal Devil by Bell Organa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so cute. And I like funny. it because I hear
1: his voice, little metal devil. Like, he has <laughs> such like a Bail I can't even do his voice, but like Bell Organa has a really cool, like. Oh, yeah. Like, cool, like, Cory Burton, sexy I think, does voice. it on the Clone Wars. Yeah. Right, whatever.
0: He has a sexy voice. I'm okay. sorry.
1: Yeah, I believe you.
0: And then Ahsoka says um, that R2 is far too independent for a droid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that all goes back to him just never getting wiped. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should read you those Poe comics. I think you might dig it if you feel like catching oh, I
0: love up. R2, man.
1: Even just those in particular, okay. I guess that's gonna be it. And do you have anything else to add? I think that's our first book club.
0: Woohoo! I don't know if we did this right though.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we did this right. Tell us if we did it wrong. Um,
0: but be be gentle, though.
1: But also sentimental.
0: If you only had a brain, <laughs> I'll be friends uh, with this.
1: Like I said, the event is up in our Facebook page for the Dark Disciple book. Please jump in there add your involvement add your thoughts add your questions and we'll talk about it on a podcast and we'll talk about it in the group and it will be really really cool so jump in there and also I think uh, like what we did for Dark Disciple is in the Ahsoka book club I put up a poll and we voted for the next book so the next book ended up you know Dark Disciple won the poll so we'll probably be doing that again for the next book after Dark Disciple. So join the little Facebook event and I'm vote on the next book. to be honest
0: with you, I what? kind of feel bad about that. Why? Because I'm very biased about that book. Oh, you voted? Yeah, I did.
1: Okay, I didn't vote. Sorry. Well, I... No, but it won by like four. <laughs> okay. But there was only like six votes, so <laughs> 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 like it won by a lot, honey. Just, <laughs> it was like a landslide. But, I
0: just feel yeah. bad because it's like, ah, I want to like, vote on that it one. It was a majority vote because i really liked it
1: <laughs> yeah so uh yeah but that'll be good because like this is one of the this is one of my favorite this is definitely my favorite book so getting to talk about that one will be a good one to do um, you didn't
0: vote did you no i didn't vote because that'll suck it's like wait there's you know <laughs> that
1: means only two people voted <laughs> no i didn't i didn't vote in that one i don't think yeah okay so we're doing dark disciple next and we look yes. forward to having you guys. And please listen to the podcast. Please share it. Please subscribe. Please do whatever you please do Please leave podcasts. a bunch of comments. But yeah, join us and let's talk about this because we're trying to make this book club work. So uh, if you know how to run a book club, talk to us about Let it. Let
0: us know because we yeah, don't.
1: Because we don't. And if you think you can do it better, then just do it then, fool.
0: Yeah, join us
1: or join or oh, help. No, no, help us do it. Don't don't do, don't do it on your own. <laughs> help us do it. To <laughs> make ours better. <laughs>